0: Anybody getting anything about your attitude and how important it is to maintain a right mental attitude in our lives? Amen. Well, in the book of Ephesians chapter four, our main primary text, our foundational scripture, this is from the living Bible. Now your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. Isn't that what spiritual growth is all about? the insurance company knows that when you're under 25 years of age your attitude towards an automobile is a lot different than when you're 25 or older right they know it can be a weapon and they know a younger person can be immature so the rates are high especially if you buy yourself a car that uh, they deem like a sports car look out High. But afterwards, what changes? The car? No. The insurance company? No. The individual changes. The attitude changes. When you start paying for your own gasoline, when you start paying for your own wheels, tires, rubbers that you burn, and all that, right? We get a different attitude. Well, our attitude as a Christian ought always, constantly be changing for the better. Always, all the time, no matter who we are. Why? Because the attitude we live by determines the altitude that we climb to. Our attitude can make us or break us, hurt us or help us. And especially in our walk with God, it can hinder it or cause it to be more successful. So if we want to succeed, we have to keep on recognizing and realizing our need to have our attitude change for the better now what i'm going to talk about tonight is the bad attitude of jonah so let's look in jonah chapter one and look at the first three verses now the word of the lord came unto jonah the son of amittai saying but before i even go to what was said may i ask you a question How did the word of the Lord come to Jonah? Does anybody know? Was it audible? Was it an angel? Was there a burning bush? All we know is what? The word of the Lord was presented to Jonah. So, what you're about to read after this is stunning remember maybe sometimes you've heard someone say if Jesus was standing right here and told him they still wouldn't listen Have you heard anybody say that well arise go to Nineveh that great city cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me but Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord Sounds to me like the presence of the Lord was there and went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. We're talking about a complete opposite direction. So how do you have God in your presence and says to you, I want you to do this and you turn around? And go the other way. Wow. I guess God was there. And I I guess. Even though he was there. His attitude was so bad. He absolutely turned around and went in the opposite direction. Have we ever done that? Think that through. For a while. So God calls him to go to Nineveh. Because of the wickedness of the city and the people. And he disobeys, boards a ship, pays his fare, goes in the opposite direction, running away from the will of God for his life. Hmm. Isn't it something when it's so plainly, clearly spelled out, it's still so easy to walk away from it if it doesn't please us? Well, that's exactly what his attitude was, a bad attitude. I don't want that. I'm not going to do that. But it's just striking to me that you can be in his presence and be so defiant now let's read in Jonah chapter 3 you know the story he's in the belly of a great fish that God prepared for him he cries out to God and the fish spews him out vomits vomits him out on the shore and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying aren't you glad He's a God of second chances. Yeah, maybe third and fourth as well. But now, I want you to see this. This is so important. Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city. Notice God doesn't change. And preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Okay, so now he responds favorably. Well, let me say this. I think if you found yourself in the belly of a great fish, with God only knows what else was inside the belly of that great fish. What do you think, Aaron? Good stuff or bad stuff? That would be awful, huh? All that stuff is in there. You're in this belly of this great fish, and finally you get vomited out. And now God appears to you and says, you going to go now? What do you think? You going to go now? Here's the thing. He did it with a bad attitude still. He was still reluctant. He didn't want to do it. But yet he went ahead and he did do it. But with a bad attitude. Now there's a lot of people that are there some even think this there's a lot of speculation we don't have all the facts doesn't give us at all but if you put some scriptures together we might conclude that not only was he in the belly of the well we could say that his body was left there there's a possibility that his soul went down into hell and he got a taste taste of what hellfire is like. Because it says that he went down, he cried out out of Sheol, not just out of the belly of the well, but also he cried out out of Sheol. Now think about that. So to say his body was left in the belly of the well, and to say his soul possibly went down into that place of suffering, he got a glimpse of that. And then he came out of that fish's mouth. And then he's told, you're going to go now? And he went. And he goes to the city. And what does he do? He tells the people to repent. Because if they don't repent, they're going to be destroyed. Look at chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. He's still a man with an attitude. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. Can you think that one through? He's angry with God. After what he just experienced. He's angry with God. And he prayed to the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord. Was not this my saying? When I was yet in my country. Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew. What did he know? I knew that you're a gracious God. Merciful slow to anger or long-suffering, of great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. What an attitude. What do these, do these verses tell us? Well, how could he you know God was gracious? How could he know he was merciful? How could he know he was long-suffering? How could he know that he would forgive so quickly if they repented? Because he knew the Torah. He knew the Davidic Psalms. He knew that God was a merciful, loving, gracious, long-suffering, forgiving God. And he knew if he went there with a message of repentance... Or they'd be judged, that they would possibly repent and God would forgive them, then that would make him look bad because he's the one, the prophet, who pronounced judgment, and judgment's not going to happen. And so Jonah, the prophet with an attitude, wanted it to be the way he wanted it to be. So now he's pouting. He goes and pouts. And he's in the hot sun. Let's read on. Chapter 4. Beginning at verse 4. Now notice this. This man knows God's character. He knows his laws. He knows his personality. Then said to the Lord. Thus doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city. Sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth. And sat under it in the shadow. Till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him in his grief from his grief. He was in the hot sun. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day. And it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared a east wind And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah. That he fainted. And wished in himself to die. And said. It's better for me to die. Than to live. Pretty bad attitude. Jonah. And God said to Jonah. Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said. I do well to be angry. Even unto death. Hmm. Then said the Lord. You've had pity on the gourd. For the which thou hast not labored neither made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons, that's 120,000 persons. Now notice this. They cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. What kind of an attitude is this? Jonah that you've got more regard more concern over a gourd that was protecting you from the sun that you had nothing to do with and no regard whatsoever for 120,000 people many of which probably are younger they don't know the right hand from their left they may be evil and wicked but it's because they don't know any better they don't know anything they need to be taught so you're concerned about this one gourd. But unconcerned about 120,000 souls. That could be lost. And of course that's the Gentile nation. Reaching out beyond. His walls. Well look in uh, Matthew's gospel chapter 12. Because. Here we see that Jesus referred to this incident. And you could say it was prophetic. About you know. His. Death, burial, resurrection. So let's read it. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it. But the sign of the prophet Jonah, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. No matter how wicked those people were. No matter what evil those people did. When Jonah came and he preached that they would be judged and destroyed. Not just the people. The king, the people, and even the livestock... We all in sackcloth and ashes, mourning before the Lord. think about the attitude of their hearts to recognize and realize first of all that God is truly speaking through Jonah, because anyone that would do that prophesy what he prophesied would be killed on the spot, wiped out immediately they believed their attitude. Was a whole lot better than Jonah's attitude. And they realized that they were doing wrong. And so they repented before the Lord. The hand of God's judgment was stayed. And God showed them mercy. But this Jonah was so angry with God because he didn't want him to be God. He did not want him to be merciful. He did not want him to be loving. He didn't want him to be forgiving. He did not want him. To extend his grace to these people. And that is an extremely bad attitude. Do you know people that maybe you work with. And if you let your flesh speak. It wouldn't be a good attitude that you would have towards these people. I think we can all relate. But do you know that God loves them with the deepest love. That God cares about them with the deepest care that he's concerned about even the most vile person on this planet no matter how wicked they might be that God's attitude towards that person is one of saving grace one of love and mercy listen, hell is such an awful place that God does not want one soul to go there not one person we should have the same attitude no matter how Awful people might be even toward us. We've got to look beyond the flesh. And see that there's an eternal spirit being inside that flesh. That will never cease to exist. And where that person will be throughout eternity. Can be altered by preaching and teaching them. The love of God and God's saving grace. Well what lessons can we learn here from this life of Jonah. First of all number one. Knowing God's word is not enough didn't Jonah know what God said to do explicitly the word of the Lord came unto Jonah but Jonah did not respond did not react or act upon the word that he knew the word that God gave we may know what the scriptures teach but knowing the scriptures is not enough we need to know what they say and then embrace them from the heart and then act on what they say. For us to do. It's one thing to know I should forgive someone. But the question is. Am I a forgiving person? It's important to know that the scripture says. We should care for one another. But am I a caring person? It's important to know. where to deny ourselves. Take up our flesh and follow him. But am I denying myself. To help someone else. It's important to know that. To be accounted faithful in the eyes of God, we've got to be faithful in small things, faithful in our finances, and faithful to help someone else succeed. And it's important to know that. But ask yourself the question is this my attitude? I'm faithful in small things. Small things. It doesn't have to be anything huge, but small. Anything that I can do for the Lord. But then secondly, in my financial resources. And then thirdly, and probably very important. Am I willing to help someone else succeed without looking for anything in return? Whether I'm working for somebody, volunteering for somebody. And what he's saying to us is this. If you have those qualities or those characteristics, then I deem you as a faithful person. Now, do we want God to look at us and say, that's a faithful individual? Small things. It's a small thing whether you come to church on a Wednesday night. It's a small thing if you put a dollar in the, inv- in the offering. It's a small thing if you pick up a piece of paper that you see on the floor. It's a small thing you get on your knees and pray for the success of this ministry. It's a small thing to give someone a cup of cold water in my name. It's a small thing to go visit somebody who might be in need. It's a small thing to go help someone, maybe he who's a widow or shut in or whoever, and just help do something around the yard or something like that. It's a small thing, but not in the eyes of God. Those woman, that woman's might. The, the, the little bit that she put in. And his eyes are bigger than anything else. That anybody else put in. So it's one thing to know it. But the attitude should be. Let's do it. Not just a hearer only. But a doer. Jesus said why call me Lord, Lord. And don't do what I say. Jonah had a wrong attitude. A bad attitude. And the most important thing is forgiveness. It's one thing to give a glass of water. But forgiveness Is much more important than a glass of water. And those people could have been. Forgiven. Now think about. Naaman the leper. Naaman the leper. He heard the word of the Lord. Go dip seven times in the river Jordan. And you'll come clean. But guess what? His attitude was horrible. Horrific. We can't see beyond. Self. To recognize or realize. God's at work over here. Why? Because we wanted our way. That's exactly what he was saying. I wanted you to come out and do all these different gyrations, and then I would be healed. I'm not going to dip in that muddy water. What a terrible attitude. If you have an incurable disease, and you're told, dip your toe in the Ohio River seven times, would you do it? If God told you to do it, would you do it? Right. An attitude like Naaman's was horrific. But once again, his heart was turned. You see, the attitude of the heart, it comes from the heart of an individual. It's his disposition, his mental disposition and a stink bug flying all around me. But anyhow, what's your attitude towards them? Do you love them? Do you embrace them? Should I not step on it? Should I step on it? (laughs) The attitude that we possess, once again, will determine the altitude that we climb to. And you see, for for him to go high, he had to go low. He had to dip in the water and humble himself and strip off every layer of pride and arrogance. And then on the seventh dip, that's when he came out clean. And that was the, the right attitude to have. But he should have had that from the beginning. Okay, and then also. I got it. <laughs> Under my foot. Like the devil. Amen. <laughs> you may know that God wants you to forgive someone. But are you a forgiving person? Do you forgive from the heart? Number two. A bad attitude can bring judgment. Think about that. We can open up the door to judgment by maintaining a bad attitude. Jonah brought judgment upon himself as a result of fleeing from the will of God. And yet sometimes, you know, we think, well, that's Jonah, but what about us? No different. If I want God's best in my life, I've got to maintain a right mental attitude. Because you see, I know that Satan's going to set things up against me in life. To get me to be unforgiving. To get me to be better. To try to get me not to give. Not to, let's say, help someone else succeed. Not to be faithful in the small things. As a matter of fact, promotion comes from where? The Lord. And how does he promote he watches our lives. He sees the things that we do, what we stand for. And if he can use you in small areas and small things, you'll get a promotion. It's just like in any organization, usually. For example, if you're working as a volunteer worker in a church, if they need someone to fill a position, they're probably going to look for you. Especially in that position. I think about Sister Rose Carrado. When I first came here, we had 35 people. And really, the income wasn't really sufficient to support a staff or anything like that. But she did the books for many years as a volunteer. As the church grew, you get to a place where you need to employ people because there's just so much. It's a full-time position. Now, some of might criticize and say, why don't you put the job description up there on the board so someone else you know, can come in and, and let's say, bid on it. Try to get the job position. If someone did it for 10 years for nothing as a volunteer, wouldn't you think that the right thing to do is to really reward that person by saying, we need someone to do it now on staff. So the promotion, who's going to get the promotion? She's going to get the promotion. Or whatever the the case may be. So it's important to be a volunteer. It's important to give yourself and let the Lord know that you're a person that wants to Help someone else succeed. And what he sees is he can use you. I know when I first started in church. The very thing I did. I just used what I had. And that's the beauty about our Lord. Use what you have. I played guitar. I played guitar in the worship team. And then he asked me to teach a Bible study on faith. And so I did that. And then I was teaching a Bible study at my parents home. I did that faithfully every week. And got to a place to where. The call of God came because even before that, before the call of God, we were taking young people down to Kenneth Hagin meetings in Atlanta from Youngstown to Atlanta, 15 hour trip to go to these meetings to try to get them help. You know, so we're doing some small things and just completely giving of ourselves to the work of the Lord. So if God's looking for someone to use, who's he going to choose and promote people that are working for him? With this kind of an attitude. I want to do the will of God. So a bad attitude can bring judgment. He didn't obey God. And judgment fell upon him. Now I know about you. I don't want any fish swallowing me up. Do you? (laughs) Did you ever watch Shark Week? Nasty. Imagine that. I don't want a shark. Swallowing me up. I want to be engulfed in the glory of God. What about you? And so when you have an attitude that says, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'm yours. He sees that and says, I see a person that's available to be used. Jonah brought judgment on himself. And as a result, of course, look what he suffered. Look in Luke's gospel chapter nine. Number three. And this is connected to this. His view of missions. Was very narrow minded. He did not want. These people. To experience God's saving grace. He just didn't want it. And John and James. Were also the same way. It came to pass when the time was come. That he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered a village. Of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, now notice this, James and John saw this. They said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Even as Elijah did. What kind of an attitude is that? This is James and John now. The sons of thunder. Okay? The you know the uh, apostle of love. But he turned I can just see him doing, it, couldn't you? And rebuked them and said, "You know not what manner of spirit you're of. For the son of man is not come to what destroy men's lives." But to save them. Did you hear that? And they went to another village. What did Jonah want? Destroy them. What's God concerned about? Saving them. Jesus' view was far different from Jonah's, wasn't it? You, know, you have to remember the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. And the Jews, the Samaritans hated the Jews as well. So there was no love lost between them. And so for them to say something like. Bring down fire from heaven. And let's kill them all. Burn them all up. They thought that they were doing something good. But it's a terrible attitude to have. No he said look. You have got a wrong spiritual attitude about you. I did not come here. To destroy one person. I came to provide. Life for every person. That will hear and that will come. And you should have the same attitude in your heart. But I can see some wheels turning. And I realize it's true. That some people are uh, you know, hard to love. Well what about us? If we think that about them. They probably think that about us. Right? Well their personality runs me the wrong way. Well yours probably runs them the wrong way too. It works both ways doesn't it? Sure. And that's why. It's something that has to come from within. And I really believe that sometimes this kind of an attitude can block. Miracles from taking place in people's lives. I really do. We should have an attitude. That represents God. In a positive and powerful way. We should have the same mind. As Christ. Let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus. And he had a tremendous attitude. But. Notice this, what a good attitude looks like, and I wrote some things down for all of us to look at so that we can basically test ourselves and determine what kind of an attitude we have. A good attitude is demonstrated by being positive, by being encouraging, loving, humble, teachable, cooperative, considerate, selfless, loyal, and persevering. That, those are the characteristics of a good attitude. And what does it mean? You're going to be challenged but persevere along the way. You're going to be tempted not to forgive but have a forgiving attitude because no matter what anybody does to you, it cannot compare to what you did to the Lord himself. We all deserve eternal separation, eternal lake of fire. And you've been forgiven that debt. So no matter what anyone has done to you or to me, you and I are to forgive them 490 times a day. Did you hear that? Four hundred and ninety times daily. Peter thought he was being very spiritual. Shall I forgive him seven times in one day? Peter, four hundred and ninety. What does he say? Increase my faith, Lord. <laughs> Increase my faith. See, a, a an attitude that's going to glorify god is going to be positive it's going to be encouraging now notice here when it comes to your attitude toward god there's a list of some things there our attitude should be one of reverence one of submission one of love trust obedience gratitude one that is worshipful and you know what i'm sorry to say this but i believe something has to change in in the church in this generation There seems to be a lack of reverence for God. We've got so far to this one side. He's our buddy. And understand the term of endearment that says Abba Father. Means daddy. But I tell you what. That daddy better be with reverence and respect. This attitude that it doesn't matter if we got our hats on sideways and we're supposed to be worshiping God and we don't take them off. I'm sorry. Call me old school if you like. But I remember when God told Moses, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. I read through my whole Bible and what I discover is this. When anybody is in the presence of the Lord, baboom, they're on their face. They're on their knees. Even their royal crowns are cast down at his feet. An attitude toward God. One of reverence. Deep respect. When you come to church, if we really, really are in his presence, we should demonstrate that. That respect. That love. That reverence. And honor him. Honestly, if we can't give them a few minutes of our time, would you say something is wrong? I realize there's all kinds of distractions and whether there's an enemy out there that wants to get us to, you know, just not participate. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather just give you one verse of scripture and we stand there in the presence of God and just say, Jesus, you're here. I know you're here. You've got my undivided attention. I'm going to reverence you in this place. So our attitude toward God. But look at our attitude towards people. God's people that is. It should be one of love. One of caring and really concern. One of cooperation. One of uh, forgiveness, meekness and kindness. Where we work together. Cooperating together. In a spirit of love. Care and concern for the promotion. of 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 the kingdom of God upon the earth. And ask yourself the question. What is my attitude toward my brother and toward my sister in Christ? Am I really concerned about their well-being? Do I really care whether or not they recover? We pray for Kathy. Do I really care? Am I just going to spew out a prayer real quick? Oh, or am I really deeply concerned that my sister is going through a challenging time in her life? I'm joining forces together with her. And I'm believing God with this family. For her complete recovery. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Coming from the depth of our soul. And then also when it comes to authority. This is a test that we do for ourselves. What's my attitude toward authority? Is it respectful, cooperative, accountable, humble, and loyal? When it comes to people that are over us. Whether it's in a position on the job there should be these attitudes that we have towards them but you might say but they're not a very lovely person that's not the point you see it's the attempt of the enemy to get things messed up in us you can't control them but you can control you you can't control what they say you can control what you say you can't control what they do but you can control what you do you can't control their attitude but you can control your attitude Remember me at the uh, cleaners? How the guy chewed me out and embarrassed me in front of all these people? I recognize that as an attempt of Satan to tarnish my testimony and ruin my witness. And you know what? I could have let that happen. But I chose not to. I chose just to let love flow. I've read my Bible and I've only found one place where it says something is foolproof. Love never fails. Love never fails. When it comes to hard circumstances, ask yourself the question: Am I patient, persevering and believing? Have you ever found a hard place in your life? Anybody? Anybody? Anyone been there before? We're not going to always get instant gratification. We have to persevere. We have to be believing. How's it going I believe? You can tell people that have a negative attitude because the glass is always half empty and it's always a partly cloudy day. I always talk, when try birthday they say it's going to be partly cloudy, I say, why don't you say partly sunny? I like that a whole lot better, don't you? See, attitude means everything. It's so important for us to recognize that, okay, I might be going through a hard place in my life right now, but I believe... I believe, I believe, I believe. And I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to persevere. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to hold fast my confession of faith without wavering. Maybe it hasn't materialized yet, but you know what? I'm not giving up. Because I know, in the end, I've got the victory. So I'm going to persevere. And then also, the church. The church. What's our attitude toward the church? It should be respectful. It should be faithful, dependable, encouraging. So in other words when you're a part of a body of believers and this is important because it's the lord's church it's not christian assembly and it's not exclusively one church it's the whole body of christ but you choose to associate with christian assembly because for whatever reason god led you here and so since you're here you have an important thing to do and that's take ownership of this ministry You realize that everyone's attitude will change if you take ownership. Why is that? Because if it's my thing to do. I'm going to do it with all my heart. If it's a part of what God's called me to do. I answer to him. I serve him. And I'm going to do it with all my heart. I'm going to be a participant. I'm going to take my place. I'm going to do my part. I am going to help this ministry succeed. Because in doing so I'm helping the kingdom of God succeed on the earth. So when it comes to church. It's important that we have the right attitude. When people say it doesn't matter whether I go to church or not. Well the thing is. When someone says that they're being selfish in reality. Because they're just concerned about themselves. I don't need it. Well that's you. But someone needs you. Someone needs you to come along. And bless them. God's given you a gift. A gift. That you're supposed to use to serve your brothers and sisters. If you're not using it, then what? They're not being blessed. And if they're not being blessed, you're denying them that blessing because you're not taking your place. So that's a bad attitude. Our attitude should be coming to church how can I bless somebody today? How can I help this this service be more successful? What can I do to bring the glory? In this place. It's not just about me. You see it's about promoting the things of God. Among us. Next. What about unfairness? Have you ever been treated unfairly? Anyone? Sure. Well the attitude should be that's right and good. Is patient. Humble. Trusting in God's justice. Vengeance is mine saith the Lord. Okay so we're treated unfairly. What are we going to do about it? Take matters into our own hands. This bug has 10 lives. We're going to take matters into our own hands? You're going to walk away from it. It does no good to fight. Walk away from it. How about putting it also in the hands of the Lord? And say, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know what? You're messing with my father and my father owns the cattle, the silver, the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills. He's the creator of heaven and earth and seeing and all that in them is. And so, you know what? Here's my attitude. I'm casting my care upon him because he cares for me. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. What matters is what my God thinks about it. What about the lost? What's our attitude toward the lost? Is it a Jonah attitude that says, I'm not concerned about them. About whether or, not they're going to make, whether or not they're forgiven. Or whether or not they're judged. Actually he wanted them destroyed. No our, our attitude should not be that. It should be compassionate. Reconciling. I have compassion. Jesus was moved. With compassion. He saw the lost as he lift up his eyes. He was teaching preaching and healing. In the synagogues. Okay? And when he lifted up his eyes he saw. The harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. He said so pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. He was so compassionate. For all the people. That were scattered abroad. That didn't have a shepherd. He wanted people out there ministering to their needs. And you know what? We should be that way. We should be so concerned about the lost. That that should be a priority. I know they may be unlovely. That's because they're lost. I know that maybe they're in darkness. That's because they're lost. They don't view things as you do. But that's because they're lost. Aren't you glad that God never gave up on you? And he kept on sending labors of love to tell you. And teach you. And bring you in. As far as sin is concerned. What's our attitude? It should be intolerant. We're intolerant towards sin. Uncompromising when it comes to sin. In other words, we want nothing to do with it. The price that was paid for sin should teach us how we should be. Success. Are you grateful, humble, boasting in God? And what, what about when it comes to a misunderstanding? Are you peacemaking, forgiving, and patient? And then closing, developing a good attitude. How many of you want that? A good attitude. Okay, number one. Identify and repent of bad attitudes. Can we do that? Do you recognize it? Do I recognize it? If I have a bad attitude. How many of you know when you have one? Do you do that? Lord, that was a bad attitude. That was wrong. Forgive me. I'm so sorry. But you have to recognize it. I have to recognize it. I shouldn't treat people that way. Or I shouldn't say things like that. That's a bad attitude. I recognize it. Number two. Surrender our attitude to God. That crazy thing is all over here. Surrender our attitude to God. Man, I'm giving this to you, Lord. I remember. You know the story of Smith Wigglesworth. He was mightily used of God, raising the dead, doing all kinds of things. And people know that about him. But did you know he had a horrible problem with anger? Oh, he had an attitude when it came to people that angered him. Oh, he was out of control. So, talk about surrender. He went into his prayer closet. He told the Lord, I am not coming out from this room until you move on me from heaven and do something about this anger problem of mine. He said he went in there for, I don't know how long, two, three days, fasting and praying and waiting in the presence of the Lord. I guess this is what you would term pray through. He had a breakthrough. He prayed, waited on God, He said the fire of God came down from heaven, hit him, went through his entire being. When I came out of that room, he never never had an anger issue ever again. Imagine that. See, too often we're quick to turn to other things and not turn exclusively to God. He turned exclusively to God and said, change me. See, we can say that that's easy to do. But do we mean it? Change me. Change me from glory to glory. And then finally, feed our attitudes on the word of God. Look in the book of Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought of not Robert to be equal with God, but made, him, made himself, made himself, made himself of no reputation. Took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. What an attitude, the Son of God! And look at chapter four and verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, any praise, think on these things. Feed your spirit and your soul. <clears throat> Glory. It's coming back. Dry throat. <clears> throat. Feed your spirit the word of God. Feed your spirit. And your soul, the word of God. And your attitude adjust. It'll change. So, where do we begin? Where do we start? Identifying any attitude that I have. That might not be pleasing to God. Surrender it to God. I'm giving it over to you. And then I'm going to feed on the word of God until my heart my soul lines up with your will for my life let's all stand together before the lord hi pastor bill here i want to thank you for joining us today on behalf of my wife krista and krista selby church i want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family whether you have young children or kids in elementary school if you're a teenager or a young adult we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in god and build a solid foundation of his love for you And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others.